As a medical professional, you're probably consumed by your work. Because of that, you likely miss out on big opportunities to protect and grow the wealth you work so hard for. Luckily, through passive real estate investing, you can place your capital in the hands of trusted syndicators who do all the legwork while you sit back and let your money work for you. Syndicators like Ascent Equity Group. Ascent Equity Group is led by three medical professionals turned full-time real estate investors who have secured a quarter of a billion dollars in assets in just three years. And their latest opportunity, Sunrise and Chandler, is open now. Sunrise and Chandler is an exciting 177-unit value-add multifamily opportunity in the affluent city of Chandler, Arizona. This Class B asset in a Class A location was secured at a significant discount and is already cash flowing out of the gate, with 89% of the units still in need of renovation. Sunrise and Chandler is close to meeting its capital raising goal and will be closing soon. So if you'd like to learn more, visit ascentequitygroup.com forward slash best deal to schedule a call. That's A-S-C-E-N-T equitygroup.com slash best deal. This opportunity is open to accredited investors only. Her job is really to oversee the staff, oversee the residents, make sure that the homes are running great. And then our job is just to make sure that she's doing her job from that standpoint. So working on the business, not in the business, is the way that we teach on how to run these homes. Real quick, before the episode, I want to give you a gift of 25% off. And that gift actually is from TransUnion Smart Move. Go to tenantscreening.com, create a free account, enter the code FAIRLESS at checkout for 25% off your next screening. Because as landlords, we tend to be most concerned with getting paid on time. You might also know that hundreds of thousands of landlords have to deal with the headaches of evicting tenants each year. Evicting a tenant can be painful, costing as much as $10,000 in court costs and legal fees, and take as long as four weeks to complete. What if there's a trusted way to help prevent the headaches of dealing with evicting a tenant? Make the smart move right from the start. Smart Move's online tenant screening solution can help you quickly understand if you're getting a reliable tenant, which will help you avoid potential problems such as non-payment and evictions. For a limited time, listeners of this podcast are invited to try Smart Move tenant screening for 25% off. Here's how Smart Move can help you find your next great tenant. Make a more informed decision with Smart Move's proprietary credit score built specifically for tenant screening, which predicts evictions 15% better than a typical credit score. Reduce non-payment risk with Smart Move's Income Insights Report, which enables you to analyze the applicant's income within minutes and determine if additional income verification is needed. Get critical information quickly with a full credit report, criminal background, and eviction history report. With over 5 million screenings completed, SmartMove can help you make a better leasing decision for your rental property. If you own a rental property, SmartMove can help you identify the right renter from the start so you can avoid the problems of non-payment or evictions. Don't put yourself at risk. Go to tenantscreening.com, create a free account, enter the code FAIRLESS at checkout for 25% off your next screening. With TransUnion Smart Move, you'll get great reports, great convenience, great tenants. Best ever listeners, how you doing? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast where we only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any of that fluffy stuff with us today. Emmanuel Greeno. How you doing, Emmanuel? Hey, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, Joe. Well, I'm glad to hear that. And it's my pleasure. A little bit about Emmanuel. He is the realtor for residential assisted living in Arizona. He trains entrepreneurs and investors at Residential Assisted Living Academy in Phoenix, Arizona. So with that being said, you want to give the best of our listeners a little bit more about your background and your current focus? Sure. That'd be great. 
Well, the Residential Assisted Living Academy, what that is, is we teach investors in how to invest in residential assisted living homes. So how to start them, how to create them, and how to run those businesses. So we got involved in that. My father and I, about seven, eight years ago, he had heard a gentleman about 15 years before that who said, you got to get into an assisted living, that space. We've all heard the baby boomers and this and that. And this guy was in front of the room and he's saying, you got to get involved. And then my father went up to the guy and he said, teach me, show me how to do it. And the guy said, well, I don't do it. I just think you should do it. <laughs> and so my, my dad's like, I, I don't know where to go. I don't know what to do. And around that same time, my grandmother, her health was starting to decline. And she lived in upstate New York. We live in the middle of the desert in Arizona. And we went to go visit her. And we were noticing that, hey, she probably shouldn't be living on her own. And then we said, well, we got to put her into an assisted living or we need to move someone into the home so that they can take care of her. And the reason why not everyone always wants to move someone into a larger facility is that the level of care isn't very good. You might have one caregiver for 10 or 20 people in that facility. And then the idea of bringing a stranger into the home to take care of our mother, our grandmother, that's a little dicey situation on its own. So at that point, we said, you know what, this is the time to get started in residential assisted living. So we started our first residential assisted living. We made all the mistakes in the world. And on the second one, we got better. And by the third one, we had it down and we had perfected it. And people were coming up to us and they were saying, hey, you're doing this. We want to learn on how to do this. How do we do it? And that's how we started teaching on this topic. So that's a little bit about us. Thank you for sharing that background and would love to learn more about the mistakes on the first one. So let's just talk about those. Sure. Well, I was going to say one of the big mistakes, and I'm in an event right now and people are coming up to me saying, well, don't you need this? And don't you need that? And one of the things that people always think is, well, don't you need a van for all the residents in the home? Don't they want to go to the movies and restaurants and the opera and this and that? And when we started, we actually bought a $50,000 van for the residents so they could go out and do those types of things. But once you're in the industry, you realize that's really not a daily thing that's going on. They're in the home. They're there. They're relaxing. The idea of them going to the movies and dinner and this and that, that's a whole lot for them at this point. So that was one of the early mistakes we made is buying a $50,000 van and we drove it from the car dealership to the house and then from the house back to the car dealership. So <laughs> that's kind of a funny one from that standpoint. <laughs> Okay. So that's one mistake. You said you made a bunch of them. So what are some other ones? Oh yeah. Well, we're not so bad, right? <laughs> but one of the other mistakes I would say is maybe not doing it in the right area. This is a business where you want to make sure that you're doing it in the right area. So we have three homes. They're in three very different locations. We have a scale that we use, level one through five. Five is high end. One is low end, right? And we have a level three, a level four, and a level five. So our level four and our level five, those are our favorite homes. In the level three home, it's okay. But it's kind of like being a realtor. When you sell a $200,000 house, you make your 3% or 6% commission. When you sell a $2 million house, you make your 3%, your 6%. But it's not a world's apart difference of what you're really having to do in regards to work. Mm -hmm. So that was one of the mistakes is, Instead of maximizing our work, our efforts, we were saying, well, let's start small and then let's move bigger. So that's one of the key mistakes is when people are wanting to get into anything, 
they start too small when really they need to be thinking bigger. Sure. So the levels correspond to the value of the property that's being purchased? Quality of the home, quality of the area. Yes, exactly. Okay. So what were the purchase prices of the first, second, and third house that you all um, have? The first home was around five fifty all in, and that was an existing business. So the real estate was five hundred. The business was fifty thousand. The second one was a single family home that we actually converted. It was a five bedroom, four bathroom home, and it had a giant great room in the middle of this home. I remember my father taking me to this home when he said, I found the perfect home, Manny. You're going to love this. And we're walking through this home and it's got like this 30 by 30 room in the middle of the house. And I'm like, this is weird, right? (laughs) It was just like, oh my goodness. And my father told me that the realtor told him that they used to throw 70s styles parties Mm -hmm. in that room. I don't know what that means. All right. That was before my time, but they were getting crazy. Yeah. Things are, (laughs) people are getting down and 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 really, really hot. (laughs) So nobody wanted that house. I wonder why. And we were able to pick that one up. I believe that one was about six fifty. Put about one hundred and fifty thousand in renovations into that home. Turned that from a five bedroom, four bathroom home into a nine bedroom, six bathroom home where it is today. And then our nicest home in Scottsdale. That one we actually bought for around. I believe that was around eight hundred. Put about two hundred into that one. So that was about a million all in on that one. And what did you do to it with that 200K? Had a four-car garage that we actually converted into about five new bedrooms. So that one was almost like more of a custom-type project because there was probably about 2,500 square feet to that property, and we added on about three to 4,000 square footage to that home for that Scottsdale property. So that one was more almost like a custom-type project that we did there. And how many bedrooms does the third one have now? That one is, and you're going to love this, that one is a 10-10, 10 bedrooms, 10 bathrooms. And in fact, that one actually has an extra bedroom that's uh, attached to the side of the house where it has an entrance through the backyard, where if one of the resident's family members wants to stay, instead of staying at the Hilton or Sheraton when they're visiting mom or dad, they can actually stay at the home for a small fee. So that's a really cool thing we have about that home. So I guess it's an 11 bedroom, 10 bathroom home that we converted that one into. What is the fee for them to stay there for a night? Yeah, that's a great question. Right now, across the U.S., the average to live in an assisted living home in a private room, a facility or a residential facility, is $4,000 to stay in a home. So that's covering food, that's covering care, that's covering everything for them. So it sounds like a lot, but really when you add it up, it's actually a very good deal for the most part when you really think about it. So for our homes, our level three home, right, our middle of the road home is about 3500 a month per resident. Our little bit nicer ones, about 4000 to 5000 per resident. And then our nicest home is about 5000 to 6000 per resident to live in the home. And then how much to rent out that 11th bedroom for the night? Oh, that one, <laughs> that one, it'll be 50 or or $100 for them to come over there and stay if they want to visit mom or dad. But really, that's one of the cool amenities. And that's one of the reasons why people pay more to be in that home. And we really didn't even touch on the numbers too much. You know, just as kind of an example for the listeners there, with our home, let's just say our level four home, the one right in the middle, that one has 10 residents who live there, and they each pay around $4,000 a month to live in that home. 
So that home brings in around $40,000 of gross income each month, but there's expenses, right? There's caregivers who are taking care of the residents. There's electricity, food, things like that. So the expenses on a home like that might be twenty to 25000 at the end of the day. So that one home, after all that is said and done, could be netting ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars $20,000 a month with that one single family home. Hmm. And you said there are 10 residents who live in the second one? Yes. 10 residents in all three of ours, actually. Okay. And I think you said the second one's a nine bedroom, right? That one is. So that one has one room that a couple of the residents share, one of the rooms. Okay. Yep. Okay. Is that common? You know, it's not as common as you would think. Sometimes we think, well, isn't it like college? Don't they want to share a room with a dorm mate and things like that? And Really, when someone's moving into an assisted living, they're going to want their own private bedroom. And the better way to think about it is it's kind of like a hotel. I'm in a hotel right now. I'm at an event. And if they gave me an option, they said, Mr. Garino, you can have a private room for $100 a night in our hotel, or you can have a shared room with a total stranger for $75 a night. Which would you prefer? And as long as I had the money, I would probably say I want the private room. 95% of the time, right? Mm -hmm. So that's the same way it is with an assisted living. So the children who are moving their mom or dad in, they would like for mom to have a private bedroom, private bathroom if possible. So those are all added amenities. And again, one of the reasons why someone might pay more to live in one of these homes. You mentioned the expenses. What's an expense that can sneak up on people if they're not careful? That's a great one. Really, the big one is going to be your caregivers. So caregivers, that's a hard cost. That's going to be there. So sometimes people say, well, I want to pay my caregivers $30 an hour because they're working hard and I want this and that. And that's great, but the business is going to start to crumble if you're not keeping all those things in check. So the staff is going to be one of the biggest expenses, actually the biggest expense that you have. And then the other one might be your food costs, making sure that because everyone needs to eat in that home, that you're keeping your food costs down. So your manager, Gene and I, we're not personally in the homes taking care of the residents, taking care of the staff. We're overseeing our manager. So our manager is making sure that we're getting the best deals at the grocery store, buying in bulk, all of those things to make sure to keep those costs down. What is the hourly rate range for the caregiver? Usually it's minimum wage plus a couple of dollars. They're there for a very long time, many years and things like that. Obviously we'll give them incremental raises as time goes on, but usually that's what you see is kind of the industry standard minimum wage plus a couple of dollars. What's the process for estimating how much food should cost? That's a great question. So usually what we see is about five to eight dollars per day per person. Now that sounds like crazy. Like what are you feeding them? Stone soup over there? But five to eight dollars per person per day, you and I, it's lunchtime coming up here in a second. We could go to Outback Steakhouse and spend three times the amount on one meal for one of us. But with this home, we got to remember they're not eating out. That's your most expensive way of eating. They're eating at the home and it's not pre-made food. We're making food from scratch. And so we're making food from scratch. The other thing is we're buying in bulk and we're preparing food in bulk. So that brings down the prices as well. And then the other thing is at this stage of their lives, they're just eating less. They're not moving around as much as you or I would be. They're not in the gym running five miles a day, anything like that. 
So they're eating less. So we might have unlimited jumbo shrimp or something like that, but they might be eating one or two and you and I might be eating six or seven or eight, something like that. So usually that's what we see is about five to $8 per person per day. And you mentioned that you and your dad aren't doing the actual running around and getting groceries and stuff. I think you said your manager is. Is the manager the same person as the caregiver? Yeah, that can be the same person as the manager. In our homes, we have caregivers who are taking care of the residents, and then our manager is above them. So in some homes, maybe one of the lead caregivers will be the manager for your home. In ours, we have a specified manager. For her job is just to oversee all three of the homes. That's her full-time job. And if she needs to jump in and take a shift, she's ready to go. She's trained to do that. But her job is really to oversee the staff, oversee the residents, make sure that the homes are running great. And then our job is just to make sure that she's doing her job from that standpoint. So working on the business, not in the business, is the way that we teach on how to run these homes. How much are they compensated? A manager can be compensated differently depending on, like we were saying, what they're doing. So if they're a caregiver, let's say, and let's say they're just taking on a little bit of extra duties being the manager, we might give them $500 or $1,000 additionally to do that job because the manager's position is more of an entrepreneurial healthcare position. They need to be there when they need to be there. But if there's nothing going on, they don't need to be there. So with a caregiver who'd maybe take on that position, it might be $500 or $1,000 a month. If we have someone who, let's say, gets licensed through the state to be a manager of one of these homes, and let's say they just want to hang their license on the wall, that also might be $500 or $1,000 a month. But if it's someone like our manager, it might be $1,500 per home because she's doing a little bit more and we're putting her in charge of everything. We have a uh, saying that we tell her, the less we hear from you, the more you get paid. Because if she's calling us every two seconds, we're having to do the work. So the less you call us, the more that you get paid is what we usually say. (laughs) Anything else as it relates to this business that we haven't discussed that you think we should? Mm, Well, there is tons of stuff to be going over and things like that from that standpoint. But one of the big things when someone's considering doing this, what's nice about this industry is doing good and doing well. You get to help a lot of people. You get to make a lot of money. We talked about the money a little bit here, but for any of the listeners who have ever put a loved one in one of these homes, you understand the feeling of that, I wish I didn't have to do this. I wish I knew certainly that they were getting better care than they were. And what's nice about this is when you own one of these homes, you get that feeling of doing good and doing well. You get to help a lot of people and make a lot of money. And that's what we're all about at the Residential Assisted Living Academy is teaching people exactly how to do that. What's your best real estate investing advice ever? Oh my goodness. The best real estate investing advice, I would have to say buy low, sell high from that standpoint. (laughs) Yes, that's tried and true. That's for sure. We're going to do a lightning round. You ready for the best ever lightning round? Let's do it. All right. First, a quick word from our best ever partners. If you own a rental property, TransUnion SmartMove can help you identify the right renter from the start so you can avoid the problems of non-payment or evictions. Don't put yourself at risk. Go to tenantscreening.com, create a free account, enter the code FAIRLESS at checkout for 25% off your next screening. With TransUnion SmartMove, you'll get great reports, great convenience, great 
tenets. Feeling lost on your roadmap to wealth? Tune in to the newly launched REI Foundation podcast where hosts Jason and Peely give you all the steps and missteps towards achieving your investing dreams. Featuring interviews from top industry professionals, make sure you listen and subscribe to REI Foundation podcast at com. What's the best ever book you've recently read? Oh, How to Win Friends and Influence People. And then in addition, Outwitting the Devil by Napoleon Hill. Those two right now. What's the worst deal you've done? The worst deal I've ever done? How much time do you have? No, I'm joking, right? The worst deal I've ever done, I took on a, uh, a listing that I just never should have taken on. And it was just the ultimate time waster. Is about three, four months of my life that I'll never see back. But the lessons I learned from it were very valuable. So even the worst deal can still bring good things, I guess. So if you were presented a similar opportunity, what questions would you ask where you would approach it differently in the future? Hmm. I guess what I would have done is took on the listing and it was a little bit too long. And I see things throughout, right? So if I tell them, hey, I'm going to work hard for four months, I'm going to work hard for four months. And at that point, what I should have done is say, you know what, let's try this for 30 days and then let's come back, let's discuss, let's see if we want to move forward. And that's a little thing that I do with a lot of my listings now is a lot of agents want to list a home for a year or two years or six months. I say, let's do this thing for 30 days. And if you're not proud of my performance, then all that you're out right now is 30 days. So what's the worst that can happen? Let's do this. And I found that to be the best because then I'm earning that trust with them. I'm showing them what I can do. And so that's really that lesson that I learned from that listing for sure. Best of way you like to give back to the community. I have a big part of my heart for the special needs community. So I have a good friend I love hanging out with and being friends with Jordan. And so whenever I get a chance, I love hanging out with him. How can the best of our listeners learn more about what you got going on? RAL101.com. On that website, we have videos. We got a free book for you. And then we also have the number for our discovery call to help you find out if this is the right opportunity for you. Because it's not for everyone. But if it is, that's a chance to find out if it is the right opportunity for you. Well, thank you for talking through the three properties that you've got and the details about each of those properties, how you think about them in terms of levels based on the area and the value of the properties and what you did to each of the properties, as well as some of the biggest expenses with this business model. So thanks for being on the show. Hope you have a best ever day. We'll talk to you again soon. Thanks, you. Feeling lost on your roadmap to wealth? Tune in to the newly launched REI Foundation podcast, where hosts Jason and Peely give you all the steps and missteps towards achieving your investing dreams. Featuring interviews from top industry professionals, make sure you listen and subscribe to REI Foundation podcast at com.